You're listening to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast, episode number 71. Hey guys, happy Monday. This week we have sort of a birth story and sort of a post, more of a postpartum recovery story. I had Kitty Aki on the podcast, and Kitty Aki is a wife and mom of two boys, aged five and two now, and she and her family live in Utah, where she works as an actor. Kitty Aki's journey into motherhood was actually a really difficult one, emotionally and physically. She walked through multiple rare conditions that developed after the birth of her first son. But after years of physical therapy, medication, and pain, It was a redemptive birth with her second son that ultimately brought her healing and allowed her to begin loving her life as a mom. So she came on the podcast today and talked all about this redemptive birth that she had and just a lot of the other struggles that she worked through from the birth with her first son. I thought this story was really important to share because I know that a lot of you guys, just a lot of people in general, can relate to having a birth that doesn't go as planned or doesn't go quite right the first time and having a lot of feelings associated with that. And then going into your next birth, your next pregnancy, wanting to be more educated and trying to figure out ways to, you know, have that second birth go differently. So for Kitty Aki's experience, she had, like she said, a redemptive birth and she talks all about it and it's, it was super cool to hear her experience. So I'm not going to spoil too much of it. Uh, So let's get right into this week's episode. You're listening to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast, where we firmly believe in the power of education when it comes to giving birth. Tune in each week as we dive into pregnancy-related topics, expert interviews, and a variety of birth stories. As a reminder, anything you hear on this podcast is not medical advice. Please see mommylabornurse.com slash disclaimer for more details. And now, here's your host, educator, registered nurse, and fellow mom, Liesl Teen. So tell me, are you one of an estimated 80% of pregnant women that's hoping to give birth without an epidural? I hate to break it to you, but simply wanting it might not be enough. After the unmedicated birth of my first son, Walter, I knew I had to create an affordable online birth class designed just for moms that wanted to do the same. And that's how Birth It Up, the natural series was born. Learn more about how to make your dream of a natural hospital birth a reality at mommylabornurse.com slash natural birth. You can totally do this and we can help. Hi, Kitty Aki. Welcome to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast. Thank you so much for being here today. Hi, Liesl. I'm so excited to be here. And I just want to first say that I love what you're doing and the information you're providing. So thanks for having me on. Oh, yay. Well, thanks. Awesome. Well, we have kind of an interesting, a very interesting (laughs) story today. Can you just start first by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself and your background and where you're from, what you ate for breakfast, anything you want to add (laughs) at all before we get into this crazy story that you have? Of course. Um, So like you said, my name is Kitty Aki. I live in Utah currently with my husband and our two boys. They are five and two. And our new puppy, Pickles, we just got our quarantine puppy. (laughs) Yeah. Pickles, that's such a cute little name. Thank you. The boys chose it. Well, they always said if we got a puppy, we'd call, we we would call the puppy Mr. Pickles, but she's a girl. (laughs) So it just got shortened to Pickles, but love it. 
Yeah. So, yep. Just working. I'm an actor. Before the pandemic, I was working as an actor, but like a lot of moms, I stopped working to stay home with the boys. So I've been doing that for a year and loving it. It's been really fun. So. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, usually what I do with birth stories is I kind of have people go back to when they first were getting pregnant and we could talk about, you know, your whole pregnancy, but yours is kind of a very interesting uh, story. So I'm just going to let you start wherever you feel like it's the most appropriate to start with your story. Sure. Well, I don't mind going back to the pregnancy because I think um, it all kind of lends itself to this really difficult experience I had. And, um, it didn't take us long to get pregnant the first time. And we were both really excited. And then two weeks into the pregnancy, it was just rough. It was, um, severe morning sickness. I, I ended up actually having to quit my job because I was so sick. I was in bed the majority of that pregnancy and the doctors didn't put me on any medication because I was still keeping some calories down, Uh but it was just, miserable. Um, and just any symptom you could think of all the possibilities, I pretty much got them. Uh, so by the time I got to the labor and delivery, I was, you know, I was just spent and it had been a rough go, um, up to that point anyway. Um, and then my husband and I, the night I went into labor, I had, I think I had just told him that night, like, Oh, my body just doesn't know what to do. I'm never going to go into labor. It's not coming. And I was only, I don't even think I was a day late. I just, we kept going in for our checkups and I was not dilating. So yeah. I was just like, it's never going to happen. And then that night we went to bed and then at 1045, my water broke and I woke him up. I was like, my water broke, my water <laughs> broke. And he was like, are you sure? And it was like a fire hydrant. Like, it was, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what this is. Um, so we like, didn't know what to do. We made a quick PBJ because, you know, you can't eat once you get there. So I ate a sandwich, we rushed to the hospital. Um, and so I went into the labor wanting to do a natural birth because Mm -hmm. I had kind of researched and read some of the benefits of a natural birth and some of the side effects that an epidural can have on the baby. So I was like, well, I want to try for it. Um, and I'm pretty stubborn. <laughs> I think I've learned to be less stubborn after this experience, but I was pretty stubborn that I wanted to do it naturally. Yeah. And I had no idea that I had some dormant issues kind of hiding in my genome, I guess. Uh, so yeah. we went ahead and we did it naturally. The contractions were okay. They were, I mean, they were painful, obviously, but right. Yeah, I could just breathe and relax my body and kind of ride the waves. And my husband was helping me. He would watch. I was uh, strapped to the monitor. So he would watch as the contractions were coming and when they were mm-hmm. coming down. And he would tell me, okay, it's coming down. It's coming down. You can do it. And so I would be like, okay, I can I can last. Yeah. Um, and then by the time active labor hit, so the whole labor um, was about 23 hours total. Wow. And oh yeah, and the by the last I think active labor was only about 3 hours, but by the time that hit, I was in so much pain. I I don't know another way to describe it other than I felt like my body was being ripped in half. Yeah. And 
Um, so then at that point I was like, all right, let's do the epidural. <laughs> and they yeah. were like, it's too late. You're, you're almost 10 centimeters. Oh, yeah. Um, so I was just like, oh my gosh, we're doing this. But I was kind of flopping on the table because I was in so much pain I, and I couldn't find a position to relieve anything. Right. Um, right. yeah. So then obviously they started having me push. I was in a, um, I was in a lying position with my legs up. I actually had my husband holding one leg and an intern holding the other leg. Uh-huh. And um, so I, if memory serves, it was only a couple of pushes when he actually came out. And oh, I, wow. okay. yeah, it was, it was, I don't, I don't think it was very many, maybe three. Um, okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. But the last one, I remember the doctor saying, wait, 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 don't push, don't push. But I could feel him coming and I just- yeah pushed. It was like the going with the body, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. You can't, I, I you think, can't hold it. <laughs> no, you can't, you can't. And I remember, I, I think I've said that in, this in a couple episodes, uh, since I've recorded with Tiffany, if you know, Tiffany, if she's my other mm-hmm. labor and delivery on, on labor and delivery nurse on staff, and I've done a birth story with her. And mm-hmm. she said very distinctly in her birth story, when I was recording with her, that she's learned that you never tell a woman to not push. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because it's impossible. <laughs> it's yeah, it's like when that baby's coming and when the urge is coming, I couldn't and yeah. but because yeah. that last push he came out so quickly, I ended up tearing twice. Yeah. And um and he just came out so quickly. Uh so then, you know, you know, the regular they stitched me up, they put him on my chest and yeah. took him for his bath and everything. Um and everything was, you know, not great. I was still in pain, but it was as well as can be expected. So we went home. Um, and then I did have a lot of problems breastfeeding with him and I was ultimately was not able to breastfeed with him, but I put a lot of time and energy into pumping and supplements and lactation consultants, just a lot of energy, money, and resources. And I, I didn't realize that he wasn't eating. He wasn't getting, I wasn't making the milk and I didn't realize it at first. So he was cluster feeding around the clock and I wasn't sleeping. So I was hallucinating. Um, (laughs) I remember like swaddling him, putting him in the crib and then walking out to the living room and my husband was holding him and being like, who did I just, what did, what's going on? You know, just completely out of my mind. Um, and so I think all of that was a factor. Um, I was putting so many of so much of my energy and, and emotional and physical resources into making milk, and it wasn't happening. Yeah. Um, and so that I think partly lent itself to what happened next. But when I went in for my six week checkup, I wasn't healing, and they weren't quite sure why. And they thought maybe you know my body is putting so much into trying to make milk that it's not going into repairing itself but they did notice a lot of scar tissue. Yeah. So at that point they decided to burn it off with silver nitrate. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for that noise. Cause that was almost <laughs> as painful as childbirth. That, uh, that sounds horrible. It was horrible. And I, I literally almost passed out on the table and I remember the physician's assistant and the doctor were both taken aback by how much pain I was in. Yeah. And they said, well, we know silver nitrate is painful, but we usually don't get that reaction because I I literally went flush and almost passed out. Yeah. And, but they were like, it'll just, you know, it'll be sore for a little bit, but it'll get better. So come back in a few weeks. Um, so I was like, okay, well that's done. We'll just come back in a few weeks. Yeah. 
and I came back and I still wasn't healing. And I think it was a couple of visits before I was finally diagnosed um, by my regular OBGYN because those doctors actually weren't my doctors and she knew me a lot better than them. So by the time I came, um, I not only was I still not healing, but I couldn't handle an exam to the point where it was like knockout pain if she tried to go down there to examine me at all. And this was... Um, so this was right afterwards, or you're saying you're this experiencing was, this, this was like a few weeks later at your follow-up. Yeah, this was a few weeks later. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, and at that point she diagnosed me with two conditions, okay. levator myalgia and vaginismus, which, oh. um, I'm told are very rare. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I remember my initial reaction, it was heavy. It just kind of hit me. And I was like, okay, well, how long does it take to recover? (laughs) You know, like, all right, add it to the list. Let's, you know, let's go on. And she said, oh no, that's not how this works. And oh, oh, it was crushing. And I'm sorry if I get a little emotional. Okay. It still kind of hits me, bringing me back to that. But um, so then she just kind of outlined what it takes to recover from this and that many women don't. Um, So essentially, if if the listeners don't know what those conditions are, it's essentially muscle and nerve damage. And it's very common in um, when there's been a trauma, like a sexual assault or something like that, your muscles and nerves kind of tighten up and mangle together. And because of the trauma of the natural birth and, um, some of these things that I, I, I do believe were dormant in me. And she, my yeah. doctor also said these things could have been in there and this trauma just kind of unlocked them. Yeah, um, and that's usually a lot of times what happened with any sort of trauma. It's like it just takes something to kind of trigger things. Yeah. So that's, and that's what she said too. And she was like, we don't know if an epidural would have helped loosen the muscles so the baby could have come out easier and maybe would have. um, But regardless, this is a situation we're in. And she went on to outline what it's going to take to even have a shot at healing. And she was very clear that many women don't recover at all. But the only course of action is um, medication for the pain, uh, muscle relaxers and pain medication. As in addition to that, there was also, uh, vaginal suppositories, um, which, I mean, one thing you have to know about me is that I'm very private and all of these things are very, like even going up for a checkup was very exposing for me and vulnerable, let alone. Which probably makes it even worse. Yeah. It was just like, Oh my gosh, I can't do this. I have to put what where? <laughs> no. Yeah. Um in addition to that, and I had to do once or twice a week internal physical therapy, which yeah. is very exposing as well, which is yeah. a physical therapist, an internal physical therapist. And by the way, when I was doing this, there weren't many at the time. Yeah. Um who goes in and massages your pelvic floor from the inside and stretches and which let alone the pain, it's excruciating for me to be touched at that point, let yeah. alone that. But then in addition to that, the vulnerability and the feeling exposed and all of that was an issue too. And then on top of that, she introduced me to the wand. <laughs> and which, tell us about the wand. Oh my gosh. Wondering what you need to do to stay on track during each week of pregnancy? 
Not sure what you need to be learning or researching along the way? I can help. Sign up for our free weekly pregnancy series to get tips, advice, and resources tailored to your exact week of pregnancy sent straight to your inbox every week. Sign up at mommylabornurse.com slash I am pregnant to get your first email today. See you in your inbox real soon. Oh, I was happy to get rid of that. So it's for those women who have not had the pleasure of being introduced to the wand, it is a long curved um, apparatus. It has three balls on one side and you're supposed to insert it with the bumpy side in and basically stretch yourself and massage yourself from the inside. And she recommended me doing this a couple times a day for indefinitely. Yeah. Um, so I would do it in the bath. So at least I would have warm water and try to relax, but it was excruciating to even try. And it would take minutes, um, before it would even feel like I could get myself to massage myself. Um, so that was really emotionally and physically difficult in addition to the physical therapy. Um, so I did this routine for about two years and in that time it was, um, it was really hard. I couldn't, I couldn't sit. I couldn't bend. I couldn't wear pants. I couldn't have sex, anything, anything caused me pain. Um, uh, and I did, I eventually gave up breastfeeding at three months. And I think that allowed my body to, which also allowed me to sleep. My husband could take on some of the night feedings, which allowed my body to slowly kind of regenerate itself, but it wasn't, it wasn't really healing itself. Yeah. Um, and then lo and behold, about two years after that incident, I got pregnant again. Okay. And you, you can imagine the emotions going through my mind. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I might get yeah. a little emotional again. No, it's okay. I, I, I'm just thinking about like, you're probably thinking, oh my gosh, this is already so bad. And I, it's been two years now of me having to do all of the, all of these things and I'm still having this pain and then, oh no, I'm pregnant again. What if it gets worse? Yeah. And oddly enough, I was very excited about the pregnancy. I, um, and I remember my mom being really afraid and like, oh my gosh, can you do this? And I talked, I I assumed like, there's no way this is going to happen vaginally, but my, my OBGYN was really confident and she thought we can do this, but it's going to take a lot of control. And I just want to give a shout out to her. Her name is Dr. Allison Canavan. And oh my gosh, she made all the difference. And I have since um, messaged her and just told her what a difference she made because she knew going into it that there are two factors when it comes to trauma and that's extreme pain and a loss of control. Yeah. And she told me that. And she said, so the only way that we're going to be able to deliver this baby vaginally is if we, if you're in complete control and you feel in control yeah. and if the pain is managed. So we're going to do a full epidural. And I suggest, um, she said she suggested uh, an induction. So I can know the day, the time that we can know that she's going to be my doctor because it's the day she's working. Um, and by the way, with my first doctor or with my first birth, rather, I had a different doctor because she was off that night. And so I had somebody else who didn't know me, didn't know my story and all that. So 
Um, that also may have played a factor. I don't know, but she was like, I know you, I know the conditions and I've worked with you for at this point, you know, several years. So, so we went ahead and we scheduled the induction. Um, and I remember the night before going in for the induction, uh, well, the induction was at midnight. And so my mom and dad came over at 8 PM to take care of my other son, my older son. And they were like, why don't you get some sleep? Cause you're going to be up all night. And I couldn't sleep. My husband fell asleep right away. He was like, great. Yeah, we, we could use the sleep. And he went to sleep, went, fell asleep. And then I was just sitting in the rocking chair, like so afraid Aww. about what's going to happen. And yeah. just feeling like I can't do this. I'm at the top of the roller coaster and I want to get off. Yeah. And uh, I just stayed up all night praying, uh, and I do believe that God gave me a lot of strength, um, specifically in that moment, because I felt like I can't do it. And, yeah. and I prayed, and I asked God for some sort of strength, and he started showing me pictures of my son, my second son, and his life, and it gave me the strength to be like, I get to yeah. be his mom. I'm going to do this. Yeah. This episode of the Mommy Labor Nurse podcast was brought to you by Mommy Labor Nurse. (laughs) I've seen it in the delivery room time and time again. Mamas that complete some kind of childbirth education before they're due have a more positive birth. So then why do less than one third of all moms take a birth class? Probably because so many of the options out there are either way too expensive, super inconvenient, or just don't offer mamas really what they need. That's why I created the Birth It Up online birthing classes. With Birth It Up, you'll gain the in-depth knowledge and confidence you need to have a better birth from the comfort of your own home at a price point that can't be beat. Head on over to mommylabornurse.com backslash courses to find the birth class that's right for you. And now let's get back into this week's episode. Um, so we went in for the induction and it was from start to finish. A lovely experience, and I credit it a hundred percent to Dr. Canavan because she knew every detail. Like yeah. even the nurses, she told me some people like a go get them nurse, like come on, you can do this, rally cry, yeah. and other others like a slow, gentle, relaxing presence. So she had assigned to me the most beautiful nurse. I can't remember her name, but it meant, I think, light or sunshine. Uh And she was just so gentle and slow and calm. And and then I brought with me um, some aromatherapy. I dimmed the lights. I brought uh, soothing music and all that type of thing. Yeah. Um, And then, yeah, it was just the contractions were fine. I got the epidural. I ended up sleeping a little bit and it was just so nice. And the whole labor with my second son was nine hours Wow! and it was nine beautiful, easy, amazing hours. And by the time um, he started coming, my doctor came in and God bless her. She told the nurse, she said she brought oil. I can't remember the specific oil, but she said, I just remember oil. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. yeah. And she just kept, I remember her saying liberally, liberally, yeah. pour it liberally, like Lots. just douse, yes. you know, just keep pouring. And yes. they just doused me in mineral oil and started massaging. So even before the baby was coming, she started massaging and stretching my pelvic floor, uh-huh. which was amazing and made a huge difference. Um, and then 
he came out. I think I had one little tear. She stitched it up. He And all of these things allowed me to bond instantly with my second son, whereas it was a bigger challenge the first time. Yeah. Um, but so all of these things, it was like, and even my physical therapist, um, which shout out to her, Kristen Christensen, she was amazing. And she made that really vulnerable p- process even as comfortable as it can be. She was just amazing. Um, But she even told me it's kind of weird how it happens, but sometimes a lot of women who heal from this, it'll be a second birth that it it happens. And so I was like, well, maybe there's hope. If And I think that was part of my excitement. Maybe there's hope that this will change things or reverse something. I don't know. Right. Um, But then it did. It was – excuse me. It was – I can't remember if it was immediate, but I remembered something felt different. And Uh then six weeks after my checkup, it was like, oh, I can, I can, or six weeks after the birth, I'm sorry, when I went in for my checkup, it was like, oh, I can tolerate an exam. Oh, this, I mean, it's, it's a little sore. It's a little painful, but it's not excruciating. Uh And my doctor was just like, kitty a key, you're better. And I was... (laughs) You're, just, you're healed. Yeah. That's yeah, crazy. It was, um, yeah, it was just, it was mind blowing to me. And then on top of that, a lot of the emotional and mental scars also healed with the second yeah. birth. Wow. And, and yeah, it just blew me away. And I remember she was like, well, why don't you do an appointment with your internal physical therapist just to make sure. And I did. And when I went to that appointment, she was like, kitty, a key you're better. Yeah. And um and over I just remember over the 2 years of all of this stuff going to see specialists and all of these doctors and one specialist was like you are a lot tougher than you're letting on because what's going on down here is like you know 1 to 10 it's like a 20 and you're not yeah. complaining you know like I think yeah. I've learned growing up to grin and bear it. And so right. I was downplaying it and like, it's okay, it's okay. And this one specialist was like, this is not okay. How are you living like this? Um, but anyway, then uh, a little while later, I came across this article that there was a study done. I think it was 16 women with traumatic birth stories. And mm-hmm. what the what the finders concluded was that the women who had they call it a redemptive birth like mine, where the pain is controlled, the environment is controlled, the woman feels in control, and the pain is managed. They actually reversed their mental and physical symptoms as well. And so they they actually had a term for this. The trauma of birth, they call it a traumatic birth, is a sect of PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, according right. to this article. Um, and, and the only way that they found that women were able to reverse this was through a redemptive birth. And I read this article and my eyes just opened because I was like, that's what I had. I had PTSD or this, this form of PTSD called traumatic birth. And I remember I would see a pregnant lady or a friend would tell me she's pregnant and I would physically feel ill. I would feel the morning sickness and nausea again. I would feel panic attacks and I would feel overwhelming anger when I would see these things or even anything, anything that would remind me of being pregnant or the experience would trigger these physical and emotional reactions that I didn't know what they were. Yeah. And 
after the redemptive birth, all of that kind of, I would say a lot of that went away completely. And I still had to do some work to like go through those memories and, and, um, process and also process the regular parent stuff that I never got to process of like, oh my gosh, I'm not producing milk or my son isn't, you know, he's having allergies, he's having blood in his diaper, all these regular pains that I didn't get to experience because I was in so much other pain. Um, Mm -hmm. So I had to go through all of that pain and kind of let myself process it. But yeah, the redemptive birth, I think, did a lot of the work for me of healing my physical and emotional scars. And I just came out on the other side And I remember if I could say anything, because this whole experience was so isolating for me, where it was, I remember when my doctor told me about this and she said, this is very, very rare, but you're not the only woman to ever go through this and you won't be the last woman to go through this. And I just felt like if there's anyone, I remember her saying, I actually have a patient, another patient with one of your conditions. And I said, give her my number. Yeah. Like this. Yeah. Please <laughs> let me tell her about my experience. Yeah. Or just let me encourage yeah. her, you know, because yeah. I felt like I had so many friends who had babies and it was like this experience or that experience, but nobody had what I went through. Right. And it was so isolating and like, well, why did I have this and nobody else had this? And so I think I just, I, it gave me this drive and this, um, kind of passion to tell moms who are in an isolating situation because there are so many variables with pregnancy and labor and delivery and recovery and postpartum and everything that it's like so many things can go awry. And I just want to tell you that you can get through it, that there's light at the end of the tunnel and that this is temporary and not to focus on the, you know, you can't see the forest through the trees, but that there is, there is light at the end of the tunnel type of thing. And so I just felt really strongly then. And then even after coming out of it, just like, how can I encourage moms? How can I be there for them? And how can I love them because of this experience? Yeah. Well, that's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. And I think especially what you kind of last said, um, that, I mean, that's why we have people come on here and share you know, all of these birth stories and their experiences, because yeah, I think maybe it's this, this condition that you had that there's one person listening and they say, oh, wow, this is, this is me. And this is like maybe something that I need to look into, or Mm -hmm. if it's someone else shares their story and somebody's out there resonating with it. But yeah, I think the more that we talk about these things, like the more people are going to catch on and be able Mm -hmm. to heal from their own experiences. So thank you so much Mm -hmm. for sharing all of that. I mean, wow. I wanted to ask you though, one question. So with your redemptive birth that you had, did you find that study and did you find those, that term um, while you were still pregnant or was this something that you found afterwards, like after the fact? Oh, this was after the fact. Okay. And I, I don't think it was far after the fact, okay. but it was at least several weeks because I remember yeah. in the moment, I remembered this feels better. This feels good. And then yeah. I found this article randomly and I sent it to my doctor and I was like, this is what you did. And she said, I didn't have the terms, but that's exactly what I was aiming for. Oh. And so she instinctively knew. Yeah. And and it, I'm sure because of her experience and because of seeing you know, how 
women heal and things that she instinctively knew, but she didn't know the terms and she didn't know the research behind it. And she was like, that was my goal, but I didn't have those terms. Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. so crazy. That's so cool. So we are going to link all of this. I'll link the, um, the one that you sent me initially in the show notes page for people to check out. Um, It's really great. And that, that abstract I think is um, just a summary, but I think people can buy the full article if they're really interested in seeing this, the whole study. Yeah. I think it's a paid one. I know I was looking on Mm -hmm. it. I think it's like on, you have to like pay for the whole thing, but yeah, Mm -hmm. the abstract is, is good in in of itself. So we'll definitely Mm -hmm. link that for people to check out if you're interested in that. Well, thank you so much for joining me. This was an amazing story. Can you just remind listeners if they want to connect with you um, on social media where they can find you? Yeah, absolutely. I actually have two. Um, so on my Instagram, it's just the underscore Kitty Key, And I share a lot more about my journey as well as like easy recipes for toddlers and that type of thing. And then I also have a blog called thedenmother.net cool. where I share just helpful things that I learned through my five years of parenting and motherhood. Um, and I'd love to start a conversation and just offer support if women need just need to talk about things or just need a mom friend, because I honestly believe momming is way more fun together. Yes, for sure. We all need mom friends. <laughs> like we, we truly all do. A hundred percent. That made all the difference for me. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. It was a pleasure. Oh, thank you so much, Liesl. I loved it. All right, so that is it for this episode of the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast. You probably follow me on Instagram because that's probably where you came from. But if you don't, head over to Instagram and follow me at mommy.labornurse for more. That is certainly where I am most active. I also now have a separate Instagram for just this podcast. So I encourage you to follow my second account at mommylabornurse.podcast as well if you want podcast updates. Again, that is at mommylabornurse.podcast. As always, you guys know that I also have a website where I have tons of articles all about pregnancy, birth, breastfeeding, newborn stuff, and more at www.mommylabornurse.com. I want to hear more from you on how much you love this episode of the podcast or how you think I can improve. So leave me a comment on one of my pictures, send me a DM, or send me an email with all the love. All right, guys, I will see you same time, same place next week.